Well, good morning. What a joy it is, the privilege to be here in your, your church. We, um, we had to thank as we were driving here. Um, 53 years ago, that old man in the back there, Bruce, um, <laughs> him and I became best friends. I remember the night he knocked on our door. He drove in from Ohio. He knocked on our door. And uh, from that night for one year straight, we were together every day for one year. Then Ann got in the picture. <clears throat> and everything changed, probably for the better. <laughs> but we had a lot of good experiences, and we, um, we have so much on each other that um, we have to really watch uh, how we share our experiences. Cause <laughs> that's been good. Bruce is a great friend. And as Bruce read, uh, by the way, my name is, uh, I'm Pastor Gordon Rumble. I'm from Big Valley Grace. Uh, I have a lovely wife, Heidi, and uh, she teaches the special needs there at 10, so she had to stay there at church. <clears throat> we have three children and nine grandchildren. Um, we go after quantity. Bruce goes after uh, quantity. I mean, he has 14. We go after quality. <laughs> we have nine. And uh, boy, it's fun to talk about our grandkids. When Bruce read this psalm here, 116, what shall I render to the Lord for all of his benefits? That kind of jumped out at me. There's really only one answer for that, a grateful heart, a grateful heart. And as Bruce read that psalm this morning, Psalm 116 is what we call one of the Hail, Halio songs. And it may have been the one they sang that night in the upper room. A lot of people say it's Psalm 118, but a lot of people, commentators, say Psalm 116. And that Bible says, in that night, they sang a hymn, and they went out. It could have been this one we heard read this morning. Great psalm. Calling all clay pots. I don't think it sounds too brutal, but if you're a believer today, you are a clay pot. And if you're an unbeliever, you're still a clay pot. God created you. We are vessels. We are clay pots. And folks, we're cracked. And we're dented in. And we got leaks everywhere. We all do. And you'll find that the older you get, the more you even need to word, read all the more because I leak. The things that I memorized years ago, I'm sorry, I leak. I'm a cracked clay pot, and so are you. And I want to camp around, I'm going to read four verses here out of the Word. And as we think about this subject, clay pots, this will be the background. First one, Romans 11 and 29. For the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. That means they're irrevocable. I'm going to have to get me a, one of these because I notice there's five things. I've got to follow this. <laughs> you see, at my age, this is what I turned in, so I've got to follow this thing. So I'm going to keep it right there. You're leaking right now. I'm leaking right now. Uh, 
So, for the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. He's never going to change his mind about the gift or the gifts he's given you. Never will. God don't make mistakes. When he's giving you a gift, that's what he gives you. Another, the other verse, Ephesians 4 and 7, but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. You all have a gift. And with that, the next verse, Ephesians 4, 8, 4 and 8, when he ascended upon high, he led captivity captive, and he gave gifts unto men and women. And the last verse, 2 Corinthians 4, 7. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We have this treasure in clay pots, jars of clay. In our vernacular today, we can say garbage cans. That's really what we are. We're just an old garbage can, and we are to be used and not admired. You're a clay pot. And the thing is, he has created billions of them. There's been an estimation, probably 68 to 70 billion of God's creation since the beginning at the Garden of Eden. Can you imagine? 70 billion clay pots. And in time, every one of them gets cracked. And they're all unique. And if you're a believer today, you have a treasure in that clay pot right inside of you, a gift given by the Holy Spirit. You have a treasure. It is the gospel. It is the knowledge that you know as a believer, you have the gospel within that clay pot. And it needs to get out. 1947, there was a young boy over in Israel in the, in the Qumran caves near the Dead Sea. And he was up there and he threw a rock down into one of the caves. And he heard something crack. He climbed down into that cave and he found an old clay pot that had broke open. And there was all kind of papers and papyrus and skins and had writing on them and they're the Dead Sea Scrolls. And parts of every book in the Old Testament was there except for Esther. Treasure of the Bible in an earthen vessel of clay. And how much greater today we as blood-bought saints are nothing more than a vessel of clay, a pot. But going back to verse 8 in Ephesians 4, it says that he gave gifts unto men. By the way, we haven't got to number one yet. Don't panic. And my sermon will not be as long as Bruce's prayer. Bruce, you prayed long enough that Phil went over there and ordered something from Subway. I am proud of you. <laughs> wow, that's I gotta I gotta learn to pray longer. <clears throat> anyway, 
Verse 4, it said, he gave gifts unto men. And I find this amazing because three days after he is crucified by you and I, men and women, three days, he comes back and instead of putting guilt on us, instead of giving us grief, he gives us gifts. That's when it took place. When all of us had turned our backs on him, and all of us like sheep had gone astray, he comes out and he gives gifts to us. Now that's the love of the Lord. What gifts? A little later here in Ephesians 4 it says, some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers, and why? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Wow. God's given every one of you a gift. And you're a clay pot in this church. And your gift is to be used for the edifying, the equipping, and the enriching of this body. And as a clay pot, that then you can go out. This is church gathered here today. Tomorrow's church scattered. And you're still a clay pot. And it's what you do as you yield to that great treasure within that you will be effective and the ripple effect for this community. You're a clay pot, so am I. And we're here with the clay pots to glorify God, to edify the body of Christ, and to evangelize and share the word of God to others. One thing I want to emphasize before I get to number one, man, this is, I hope they're not very long, five of them. Hmm. I do want you to remember this today. The gifts that you have will never change. I have talked to people, that's just not my gift, and I don't know what my gift is, and they're 30 years down the road and still wondering. You have a gift. You really do. And they're given to all of us by the Holy Spirit, and he decides what to give to whom it's going to go to. Now let's get, I think I got number one here somewhere. Yeah, there it is. Okay, let's go. Each clay pot has a gift in it. It's not a natural talent. Your spiritual gift is not a natural talent. Now they can work hand in hand, and a lot of times they do. But your spiritual gift that God has given you is something that was given by the Holy Spirit. It is supernatural, and it is to be used in the framework of the church to the glory of God the Father. And like I said, sometimes they'll go together. You saw people up here singing while today. We call it worship. They have gifts. They have talents. They have abilities. And they may be using that gift in worship, which is exhortation, and they're using it together. There's nothing wrong. That's good. A lot of times we'll see gifts used like that. One thing that people ask, well, how many gifts are there? We don't know. Some will say there's 12. Some say 14. Some will argue 17. Some will say 26. It doesn't matter how many. 
Sometimes there's, in our word, from the Greek words, there might be three others involved. The key is we all have a gift. You all have a gift. But the gift that was given to you is not a gift to become a decoration. Don't get caught up in your gift, that it's all about you. It's not about us. It's about us yielding to the power of God's Spirit that we may become mature in the body of Christ. You want to stay trapped in immaturity? Then brag and let everybody know about your gift. Not about us. Not about us. I love the little poem. I put this poem on my Bible. Once it was the blessing, now it is the Lord. Once it was the feeling, now it is the word. Once his gifts I wanted, now the giver owns. Once I sought for healing, now it's just himself alone. They're not hobbies to play with. They're a tool to be used. They're a weapon that is in your body to fight with to the glory of God the Father. I'm just going to read some. So if you are worried how many there are, but I'm just going to read some out of 2 Corinthians, Romans 12, Ephesians 4, 1 Peter. Wisdom, knowledge, leadership, service, giving, instruction, missions, evangelism, hospitality, teaching, administration, healing, miracles, pastoring, tongues, worship, encouragement, prophesy, serving. There may be, may be more. But I'll guarantee you, about all of you here have one of these or more than one of these. And God gave them to you. The Holy Spirit is so good at what he does. He gives gifts. Number two, each clay pot has a gift to be used. Did you realize that it's possible that your gift doesn't have to be used? I'll tell you, a man that never did use his gift, thief on the cross, never had time to. This day, you're going to be with me in paradise. Here's a man that came to Christ on his deathbed, but he never used his gift. Fine. God knows. But don't be in the body of Christ for decade after decade and never use what God has given the Holy Spirit. It is demeaning to him when we do not exercise in the things he has given us. I call that going into dormant, dormancy. Don't let it become dormant. Your gift affects your worship. Your gift affects your walk with him. Your gift affects your witness about him. And I'm going to ratchet up that just a little bit more. Your gift affects my worship. Your gift affects my walk. Your gift affects my witness. Because the fruits and the gifts that you give out is for all of us to enjoy, to make us even better in the body of Christ. It is no mistake that all of you are in this room, in this church, 
right now for this season of life. He don't make mistakes. The gifts that he's put in this body is for this body, for the effectiveness of the edification, not only of us, but to the glory of God the Father. He is smiling right now because of the gifts that you're using. Number three, each clay pot has a special place in the body of Christ. That is good peppermint tea. <laughs> that is really good. And I will have a temptation to borrow some packages before I leave. <laughs> that is really good. Now, there are some gifts that are more visible than others. Phil Baker has a gift of teaching, preaching, exhorting. It's more visible. He's up here all the time. Some of your gifts are not visible at all. You may have the ability to give and give and give. If God has given you ability to give, that is just as important as Phil. Some of you that are up here and using your gifts of worship, that's very visible. There may be a tendency, I want to be like Phil, or I want to be like Kelly, I want to be whatever it is. No, be thankful for the gifts that God has given you. They're all to build up the church. We're all clay pots. But God has given you a gift, and it should be your passion. And your gift is your passion, he says, and the gifts and the calling of God. Well, the calling is <clears throat> the purpose. Your gift is your passion. Your calling is your purpose. What's your purpose? To glorify God in your bodies, your clay pot. And folks, you've got to put a plan to it. I'm going to get to that. Do not ever accept a theology that implies that God is not able or is unable to allow you to exercise in your gift. There is a responsibility in the body of Christ that we exercise in our gift. Number four, <clears throat> each clay pot has some things to be considered or to consider. Your gift and my gift is a gift from God, and we should embrace it because it is final. Whatever God has called you to do, he has gifted you to do it. Remember what I said? He don't make mistakes. He's God. He's incapable of making an error. And whatever gift he has given you to do, he will give you the ability and the supernatural power to be able to do it and exercise in it. And you're never going to lose it. You may become disobedient, you may walk away and err, but you're never going to lose your gift. It's always going to be there. And this is how serious it is. The Bible says one place in Matthew 24 and 25, 14, there was a man there that took his gift and he did what? He buried it. You can do that if you want. You can do, you can take your gift and you can go isolate yourself 
up on a mountain and never use it. You, you can do that. God's not going to take a Schofield Bible, bang you over the head, use the gift. Use, he's not going to do that. He will never cross the picket line of our unwillingness. You want to bury your gift? Bury it. But you're going to hear from him someday. And I think he says at least two times in the word of God, don't be ashamed at my coming. I think there's going to be people ashamed when he comes again because they never exercised in what he's given them to do. He says, well, Lord, I buried the thing and here it is. He says, you wicked man. You wicked, wicked man. Wow. Our gifts are needed to not only complement, but they are needed to complete the body of Christ. That's how precious it is. The gifts that you have, the gift that I have, they work together to not only complete, but complement the body of Christ. It's easier to come up in front of people and take the word of God and share it when you hear good music like we just had. I've been places, uh, one is in, uh, in Uganda where some of the music was really weird. I've experienced this in Cambodia where it's, it felt like a mantra and a seance and it's very hard to get started out of the word. But there's something about good music, not only the lyrics, but just good music to the soul that it enables you to, to share them. That is how we complement and complete the body of Christ. It's with the things he's given you. There's people right here in this church right now that are depending upon you to fulfill and live your gift. I'm going to prove that. 1 Corinthians I mean, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. As each has received a gift, minister at one to another as good stewards. There it is. As each has received a gift, we all got one in the clay pot, minister at one to another as a good steward. Your gift may send you on a pathway to persecution. Your gift may send you on a pathway to where you'll be rejected. If you got the gift of prophecy or evangelism, you may go somewhere sometime and proclaim the word of God and you will be beaten up. But don't stop using your gift. Don't be ashamed. And folks, remember something. Great saints have experienced great sorrows. When you live in a time of comfort and everything's going great, I don't think you're growing very much. I'm not. But when things get tight, when God allows us to go through tough times and trials, that is when you grow and that is when the crack pot really leaks with the right thing. Great saints, all through the word, have always experienced great sorrows. Number five, each clay pot 
will face giants. <clears throat> Got to watch for Bruce. Each clay pot <clears throat> will face giants. I'm going to give you three of them. And you're all going to face them because we all do. One giant that you're going to be battling the rest of your life because we're all in this together, it's sinfulness. You ever gone a week without sinning? If you raise your hand and say you did, you just sinned. <laughs> the key is we, want, we don't want to stay in that iniquity. Be honest and quick in our confessions because he says, I will forgive. But look what Samson did for all of his life. He just kept sinning and sinning and sinning. Did God change his gift? No. On the last day of his life, he probably used it his best. He's not going to change his mind. But just don't allow that giant to keep you from using your gift. Sinning. The Bible puts it like this in Hebrews. If you have a besetting sin, lay aside the weight for the sin. If you've got a secret habit today and you're always going back to it, stop it. Get rid of it. It's not allowing you to, to use the gift in your clay pot. The other giant is not only sinfulness, it's rebellion. You ever been rebellious? I know Bruce has. I was around him for. <laughs> and he knows I have. How many Jonas do we have here today? How many people, God has told you to do something, and it wasn't loud so everybody could hear it, but you don't do it. And you run, and you run, and you run. And you run, he's not going to change your gift. He never changed Jonah's. Finally got him at the bottom of the whale, spit him out on dry land, and he finally did what he was told to do. Rebellion. The rebellious, the Bible says, will dwell in a parched land. If you're running today, if there's anybody here running, and you're rebellious to what God is telling you to do, you're going to be in a parched land. It's not going to change. Because he's not going to change his mind. Don't run. I know the times I've found myself running, it is not good. I felt like Psalm 32. My bones turned and my moisture turned to the drought of summer. My bones were waxing old. It was roaring all night long in my bed. That's your conscience. You want to run from the Lord? Keep running, he'll get you. But there's people that run. They don't want to use their gift. Sinfulness, rebellion, cowardness. You ever heard of the man called Peter? Well, we've all stood around that campfire, folks. Have you ever been in a place and all of a sudden you just kind of caved in? When you had the opportunity to stand for the Lord and you didn't. That's cowardness. The Bible says in Revelation, but the cowardly, 
and the unbelieving and the vile will be consumed into a fiery lake of burning sulfur. Cowardness. Folks, there are times that I'm ashamed that I should have spoke up when I didn't. And you know why I didn't? I had the fear of man. And it was a snare. You have the choice. I have the choice. Fear of God, fear of man. If you have the fear of man and you are, have no willingness to change, you are a coward. And you will not only diminish your ministry, you won't have a ministry in time. We've got to stand up. And I want us to consider something here. As you face these giants, one of the things to put us back on the track, to bring us courage, to make us realize, just turn our backs on the temptations and some of these things is understand that your calling through Christ Jesus is the greatest thing that has ever happened to your life. You are born again. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. To be a, a clay pot is a blessing because you have the Holy Spirit within. Think of the power that you have as you live that. Let me go down a rabbit trail for a minute. Question I get all the time. Gordon, how do you know what the will of God is for my life, and how do you know what my spiritual gifts is? I'm going to kind of dovetail those together. People walk into my office, I don't know what the will of the Lord is for my life. So I say, okay, can I just, I know, can I just give you one? Yeah, give me one. Okay, 1 Thessalonians 5.17, I think it says, In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Do that one for the rest of your life and see where you go. That's the will of God. He says, I don't know what the will of God. Well, give thanks. There's three of them like that. Give thanks to the Lord. That's his will for us. And if you have thanksgiving, you're going to have thanks living. It works together. Then how do I know what my gift is? Well, um, God has given us desires for things. What do you love to do? I'm going to give it the FFF test. This is what I do when we think about gifts. Somebody asking about their gift. FFF. Is it fulfilling to you? What you're involved in? What you're doing in the work? For the body of Christ, is it fulfilling to you? Next F is, is it fruitful? If it's not fruitful what you're doing, that might not be where you're gifted. If Phil got up here and would preach and there was no, no one ever born again, nobody ever got edified, no one ever was built up, that's probably not his gift, but he is gifted. It is fulfilling to him. It does crank him on. You can see it, and it is fruitful. And I'll give you the last F. 
doesn't start with an F, but it's affirmation. Is it affirming to others? Somebody that thinks that they're a leader, I had somebody walk and tell me, I'm a leader, and I'm a leader, I can't understand why nobody, I said, have you ever looked behind you? And if nobody's following you, you're probably not a leader. There's nothing wrong with that, that'd make you wicked. But you just don't dream up, I'm going to be a leader, you either are, God has gifted you, but you might want to look behind, if nobody's following, you're not a leader. So those three, fulfilling, do you love it? Is it fruitful? Are you getting an affirmation? And sometimes, folks, it might take a few years. But the key is, don't be passive about it. Don't sit in your armchair at home waiting for God to zap you and say, this is your gift, get going. No, you be active in the body of Christ He says that in Romans 12 and 1, doesn't he? What is Romans 12 and 1, how does it start? I beseech you, by the mercies of God, that you do what? That you give your clay pots, your bodies, as a living sacrifice. Start living, start doing, and you're going to start seeing the things that really interest you, and then God will build you up into that, and you'll start exercising in your gifts. Some of you have many of them. Don't sit around and wait. And nurture your calling and be fruitful and be faithful in it. Wow. I remember Uncle Johnny King. Maybe some of you know him, but um, Uncle Johnny King was a good Christian man. And I remember as a teenager, uh, I like to doodle. I doodle all the time. I doodle in restaurants. I doodle every time I'm on the phone. I draw all the time. I'm not that good, but I doodle. Well, God has given me the ability to doodle. And Uncle Johnny met me in a restaurant. And I thought he was going to bawl me out for something. He says, he shoved a little thing across the thing. I had a little Bible on it. He said, Gordon, You draw, you need to use that for the body of Christ. That really got me. So I changed my doodling. I still draw funny things for the grandkids, the good ones. (laughs) But I doodle. I, I draw charts. I do charts. I do a lot of things. But it's for the Lord. He's given me a gift. It's a talent. But I use that then in in the giftedness. I love the book of Revelation. I've taken people through charts on that. You will have the same thing. The key is don't be passive with it. Just be faithful. I'm going to give you a challenge as we close. The Bible says we're all what? We're all workmanship. It says that in Ephesians. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. And then he said we should walk in that. So we're his workmanship. And then he also says in John, one place, that we are to love one another. So here we are. We're in the body of Christ. We're saved. We're clay pots. We are his workmanship. We are to love one another. Don't compare yourself one with another. He said don't get into that. We're loving each other. 
were his workmanship. And then he says these words. <clears throat> and here's the key of the whole thing about us today. 2 Corinthians 4. We're broken. We're cracked. And we're dented in. Every one of us. Paul says it like this. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet we're not crushed. We are perplexed, yet we're not in despair. We are persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We are struck down, but we're not destroyed. Why? That he may be glorified and manifested in our bodies. The light shining out in the form of a clay pot. Your strength is made perfect in weakness. You are a shattered, broken clay pot with something so valuable. I don't think we can imagine until we walk into glory what he has placed in every one of us. As a believer, don't be a Jack Horner. I hope there's no Jack Horners here today. Little Jack Horner sat in a corner eating his Christmas pie. He stuck in his thumb and he pulled out his plum and he said, wow, what a good boy am I. Alone, selfish, bragging. I don't like being around those kind of people. Alone, selfish, bragging. Now, people were living in a time that we're being forced to be isolated. Keep doing what you're doing. Satan wants to, he's trying to shut the whole planet down. And whether you believe, I know it's a real thing, COVID's real. But folks, we are doing, he is doing everything he can to isolate you as clay pots. Remember, greater is he that is in you. And you as a clay pot, just keep doing what you're doing for the glory of God. And he will do the producing. He says it like this, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of his son, Jesus Christ. You're going to walk out of this building, you are a dented in, cracked clay pot. You be thankful that you are. I love the story of the old Chinese lady. Every day, she took a pole on her back with two big clay pots on either side, and she would walk down every day to the riverbed to get the water. One mile every day. And she would go down there, and she'd fill those two pots full of water, and then she'd turn around, and she would walk back to her house. And over the years... One of those pots became cracked, and it leaked, and it leaked, and it leaked. And she kept going every day, and that one pot, for two years, she would go down there. And the time she got back home, it was half empty. Two years. One day, the clay pot said to the lady, I am so ashamed. I am so sorry. 
I don't know why you keep me. I have leaked for two years. And if you want to get a new shiny pot, I can understand. And this is what the old lady said. She smiled and she said, you know, uh, I know you leaked. I knew. But she says, when we come back from the river stream this time, I want you to look at the side of the path on your side. Because for two years, I planted seed there. And there are flowers, and there are fruits, and there are vegetables that feed all of this community because of your cracked pot. Yeah. My friend, you may not see what you're doing here. You may never see what your cracked pot has done for your neighbors, your community, your church, your children, your grandchildren. But our God is so good at what he does. He's going to take your brokenness, your cracked pot, and he's going to make something very beautiful out of it. And someday, you might not know about it now, but someday you're going to walk into eternity and he's going to say, well done, you crackpot. <laughs> You're welcome home. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Sometimes we like our shiny garbage can and we really think we're something. We're nothing. We are absolutely nothing without you. And Father, there's times that we feel the pressure and we feel like we're being dented in and and sometimes we resist that. But Father, you're working and working. You're conforming us to the image of your dear son. And we know that's right. So Father, help us keep trusting. Help us to pray instead of panic. Help us to have fear, faith instead of fear. Help us to be grateful, Father, instead of ungrateful. And Father, as we live for you and as we love you and as we look for your return, May we as crackpots be excited about the future in this community. Excited knowing that we're on the right side. Excited knowing that the Holy Spirit will work a work until you come. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.